All right, morning, evening, afternoon, all. I'm joined back again by Brian McGuire, who has kindly taken some time out of his desperation day. He's informed me before this that he's just out of the shower. He must be getting ready for a big day tomorrow for Valentine's Day. B match, how you doing? Yeah, very good, Goose. Yeah, Mark, as I'll stay formal for the evening. Um, desperation day, of course. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, what, um, what, what would the women? Uh, be interested in listening to more the day before I take them out than uh than a golf podcast. Like what would put what could possibly put more revolt more women than listening to me <laughs> talking about golf. So uh yeah that's what I've gone for. Hopefully uh, it'll guarantee that I've no takers tomorrow even. So, oh, that, um, I don't, yeah. I don't know about that. You've been you've been hitting the gym pretty hard. You've been looking forward to Valentine's Day for the last like twelve months. <laughs> The last three hundred and sixty-four days. <laughs> I've been I've been looking forward to this day with you for the last few months, Gus. So that's what's been uh, keeping me going. I've been treating uh, you mean and keeping you keen here by uh, <laughs> not not uh, not saying I was available, but I'm ready to rock now. Yeah. Yeah, you just have to wait for Tiger Woods to say that he's playing another PGA Tour event, and then you're like, oh, this is the time to jump on. Let's get yeah, the two big yeah, dogs yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Any plans for tomorrow, B match? No plans, no plans, I'm afraid. But um, you never know, sure. Just to give people a background, so myself and B Madge play uh, GA football together, and we have training tomorrow evening. So <laughs> if I don't see you training tomorrow evening, B Madge, it'll be <laughs> sus, yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. Be singing the alarm bells around the club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant. All right, B Madge, let's um. Let's talk a little bit of golf. Uh, talk business, yeah. Let's talk business. Let's start revolting some women. Um, Scotty Too Hotty might be the hottest man in one of the hottest men in golf right now. And I don't mean from a aesthetic standpoint. He's after winning for the fifth <laughs> time in the last 12 months. What did you make? Did you watch the golf first of all last night? I did, like? yeah. Yeah, I watched it, yeah. Um, well, as we've already said, like, um, I don't know, you you retweeted the tweet about, um, I don't know who said it, was about Michael Murphy retiring from Donegal has, <laughs> uh, has had a great influence on Scotty. Uh, and that was such a good tweet. Um, but yeah, uh, he was, he just, uh, he won it in a very professional manner. Like, you know, he's, uh, he, he, he just, um, I just thought he got a few, he got a few pieces of luck not to go into it into detail too much like he got a few nice bounces and stuff like that but uh you earn your luck and he he definitely won it in a good a good fashion like um yeah mm. what did you think of it yeah no 100 percent. like i was i was so impressed because all week he had ram the raminator chasing him down like coming yeah. after him every single round and scotty just played his own game played his own ball i thought the way he scrambled when i his driving yesterday wasn't uh, it wasn't the best. He only hit mm. six out of 14 fairways. He had left a lot of the time. And he still managed to get up and down from a lot of places. His up and down at 16, dubious as it was with that drop alongside the stand. But anyways, we'll, we'll move on for a minute. Um, yeah. the, the way he made that, whatever it was, 16 footer coming back, I, I just thought, I think he was helped as well by the fact that Nick Taylor didn't. Nick Taylor applied pressure for the first 15 holes and then kind of let him mm. go. Um, but yeah, really, really impressed by the way Scotty handled them, handled himself, and he's back to world number one. Overtook Rory McIlroy. Yeah, um, honestly, uh, yeah, he's he's definitely in the elite category. Like, and to be honest, 
I'd only say there's like Ram is in it as well, but it really is like when you're talking about boys who everybody fears, like properly fears in the coming up the back stretch, like I think it really is just uh it's Rory and Scheffler. Like I know you have Ram who is dangerous and when he gets a head of steam up and you can you can feel him breathing down your neck, like he definitely is one. But the two elite players I think still are are Rory and Scheffler, like and as much as Ram yeah. likes to boast about his form and stuff, I think they're still the two main men. Yeah, well, actually, here was the first question I was going to put to you. Um, John Ram, Roy McIlroy, they're top. Well, they were top two. They're top two players. Were the top two players in golf before last week? Scott Sheffer now goes to number one. Who actually ranked those three in terms of the three hottest players in golf right now? I was going to do uh, just Roy McIlroy and John Ram, but I get the feeling you've a a little bit of love for Scotty Scheffler in there. Yeah, you know, me, you and Dermo always like the phrase, Scotty so hot, he literally got us through all of last year. Like, um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, I think I think Scotty is ahead of Ram as well, to be honest. Um, but uh, yeah, there's no doubt in Ram's credentials and stuff, and he, he is a winner. But uh, I think the two, them two boys are the elite, um, especially like you're looking at back and like, We'll see over the Ryder Cup as well. Obviously, Ram's a great Ryder Cup player, but um, like Scotty will take some talking to in the Ryder Cup this year. Like hit the wins he has to in obviously the Phoenix. Um, it won that twice. That's a fairly hostile atmosphere, and his match play win just will make mm. him very hard to talk to. Like um, so like obviously, who would you pair Ram with? You're not gonna pairing with Rory or anything like that. Who would you pair who would you pair Scotty with even? Um, uh, uh, he's definitely a type of fella you could put with anyone and I think he'd he'd go quite well with them. He went with Bryson in the last one, didn't he? Or am I I, I think yeah. he went with Bryson in the last one. Um and then he defeated see the mad thing about Scotty was he was like number twelve in the roster for the USA team. And then in the final day he was up against world number one or world number two at the time, John Ram. The hottest player for right for Team Europe, and he managed to take down the Raminator on Sunday. And like, I, I think like when we think about it, since that day, Scott is just shaped to become this incredible golfer with mental Ooh. fortitude. And like Rick Game and tweeted this out last night. Out of the thirteen strongest fields over the last twelve months, Scotty Scheffler has now won twelve of them, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's mad. And if you think about it as well, like when he's won, especially the Masters, he had a swagger about him that, um, yeah, he just oozed, oozed confidence. Like th- there was mm. no doubt in the Masters. I know Rory put on a bit of a Rory classic um, mm. just to make him sweat a bit and just went hot out of nowhere. But uh, oh, he was, he was, there was no beating him, especially like, yeah, he just not, he didn't sweat for a second. Um, obviously helps having a great caddy, but uh, yeah, I think I do definitely think he's just slightly ahead of Ram, to be honest. Oh, I think we're we're gonna disagree on this one. So, I've been I've been ranking them as per the Mark Fox World Golf Rankings, which everybody seems to be doing. Are at we the going moment. to the, the top five already? Do you want to go? No, for no, that no, now? no, no. Oh God, okay. be mad! You're gonna <laughs> you're spoiling this already. <laughs> what about the no. Tuesday trivia? Is there Tuesday trivia here? <laughs> Shit. Oh no! Wait, I actually did have a good one. Okay, wait, I will come back to it in a second. Um, <laughs> who are the range goats? <laughs> no, we'll come to that later. 
<laughs> we're coming to that later. Don't worry. Um, all right, my okay. It, based on these three players, uh, right now, it's gonna be Ram. It's gonna be Ram McElroy Scheffler. Um, and I'm only I'm only touching on this now because I think Scheffler. The one thing, and maybe I overemphasize it, but I would rather a guy get five wins in twenty starts and have ten missed cuts in there than a lad have nineteen top tens and just one win from twenty starts. Mm. And my my only issue with Scotty over the last like few months since the Masters is he hasn't got a win, and just Ram and Rory right now are just that little bit more hotter. And the reason, actually, we'll I'll touch on why I'm picking Ram over Rory a little bit later in the show, but. That's the way I'd yeah, rate them as per now. Definitely in it. That's definitely a statement and a half. Um, yeah, I uh, know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, we can touch on this in, a, in another few minutes yeah, because uh, for sure, we for have sure. one or two yeah. other things here to touch on. Did yeah. uh, all right? I want to just briefly mention this because I heard it spoken about a little bit on No Day No podcast last night as well. Some of these drops that are being given to players are like a disgrace and a farce, like. Like this drop that Xander got on Saturday, the drop that Scotty got on Sunday. Like I'm not blaming Scotty for that drop, but that stand needs to be another four or five yards out. I don't like the stand being yeah. right on top of players. The one that Reed got at the Dubai There's a Classic when the ball was apparently the tree. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna start need I'm gonna start needing to call like the club pro at my uh, monthly medals from now on when I'm like, when I can't find my ball and I was getting him to come out. <laughs> Darren from Hedford coming out looking yeah. for... <laughs> but, yeah, they're like, they're the exact type of drops where literally what you were saying there, whereas if, let's say, four years were playing around and one of the boys took a drop and he's having points after and let's say your man's gone off, you're saying, what the fuck was he doing? Excuse my language. What was he doing taking that drop there? Like you're saying to the other boys and they're like, yeah, oh, here, leave him at it. Like it's, mm. but I suppose in terms of Reed, um, you can go to Reed's town to Reed, one, by the, on, on Reed, by the way, if you want. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was just vintage Reed, to be honest. And I suppose like, what could your man do but take his word that he did say your man asked him so many times is this your ball are you sure that's your markings and stuff like that and uh so like there's nothing there's not a lot that the uh that the referee i suppose we'll call him could could do about it to be honest and i suppose reed was just so determined to beat rory like you know uh Mm. but he was doing everything he could to win Um, (laughs) yeah we're calling him the referee. So <laughs> the referee threw in the ball three hours earlier and three hours later. Yeah. <laughs> There's the ball yeah. stuck in a tree. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's madness. I was actually, here. here's a good one for you. I actually wasn't planning on talking about this, but I was at the Dubai Desert Classic. We were there on, uh, so I was there on Monday and Rory's duty off at 9.25 a.m. And he arrives to driving range at half eight. There's only 60 or 70 people there because it's a Monday finish. And... Roy's on drive range. He does 35, 40 minutes and he goes to the putting green and there's maybe only 10 or 15 people at the putting green and I'm one of them. And Roy's there practicing his putts with his back to the crowd. And uh, he turns around and he does a 180 degree view of the crowd and he glances at me and his eyes just land on me and I'm like, what the fuck is he looking at me for? And he gives me a nod. I'm like, what? Okay, so I give him a nod back. And then he starts nodding ferociously at me. And I'm like, 
what is he nodding at me for? Like, he must think he knows me or something. So I start nodding first and back, and he gives me a thumbs up. And me from about 15 feet away, I just like slowly raise my thumb and I go, good, good, good luck, Rory. <laughs> like that, the most stupid, idiotic thing I've ever done. Yeah. And Rory okay. looks at me and he puts his head back to putting. I'm sweating, it's 24 degrees, and people are looking at me thinking I know Rory McElroy. <laughs> and I turn, put my head down, pick up my bag, and I'm like, right, get to the first tee, this will be grand. Put my head down, put my bag over my shoulder, turn around. <laughs> His fucking wife, Erica, is standing right behind me. <laughs> oh, so for the last two God. minutes, I thought I was interacting with Rory McElroy, the world number one. And uh, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> It didn't play out like that, but maybe someday I'll get around to having him on the podcast. We've all been there. Yeah. Uh, the pits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. No, it's... Uh, yeah, sorry. Just getting back to the point. Those The drops that some players are receiving nowadays are uh, a bit of a joke. Right. Here's my fourth yeah. takeaway from the Waste Management Phoenix Open. You give me your opinion first. Are you concerned about Justin Thomas right now in with his state of golf and the way he goes about week to week well Gooser, I actually remember on the last pod you might remember or not I did say that he is the type of fella who'll just come out of nowhere the only way he can win I think is when he comes from the pack out of nowhere and just is the clubhouse leader like um, and you've seen it again yesterday he was he was an eye catcher I suppose you could say that he finished really strongly when there was no pressure on him and no one was looking at him um, like it is if you're talking about he's one of the top five players in the world he mightn't be in yours he actually probably was in mine he was in mine actually um, like it's not it's not uh, like it's it's not really looking good for him like bones in the bag and everything like he, he was definitely looking at winning a big one this year again um, but yeah it's it's I'm not sure what to think of him at all, to be honest. I, I actually have well, I've given you my opinion on him and that's not gonna change, but uh, I wanna see him winning from the front if he's if he wants to progress this year, he has to like I'd love to see him uh leading the first round and win a whole tournament then, you know, but I don't think he has it in him at all. Mm. I'm just I'm quickly checking here the last four times he's been in the top three entering in entering in the final round. And he's been in the top three. He has not won any of them. Now, but the thing is, yeah. I, I get what you're saying, but before this, he actually won 12 tournaments from being in top two of the leaderboard entering the weekend. Um, mm, yeah. So, like, he does yeah, I well believe that. that because, like, yeah, he is, like, he's an elite player. Like, he's one of the, he's one of the top dogs. He should be winning like that, but I just haven't seen it from him in a while. And mm. uh, I just noticed when he did win... He was just coming from nowhere and winning, and like when he's in contention, like suddenly the putter just goes cold, and he's whining and he's whinging to himself, and he's a sour face, and you know he can just be, you know, he can just be difficult. Yeah, I, I was going through a few of the numbers here on Data Golf earlier. Like twenty twenty, he won three times. Twenty nineteen, he only won once. Twenty eighteen, he won three times. Twenty seventeen, he won five times. And now over the last like two and a half seasons or whatever we've gone so far he's only won twice granted that it's been the players and the pga championship but you're just waiting for him to start turning the hustle a little bit and getting it done he's not getting it and like the other example i give is he's had eight top 25 or sorry eight top fives in 2022 uh as in last year and only one win compared to 2020 yeah. 
2017, he had eight top fives in 23 starts and had five wins. So one win versus five wins, like just not getting over the line. As well as that, so far this year, it's been yeah. his worst year with his irons since 2015. So oh, I th- I, I'm out on Justin Thomas. I see people keep going back to the well every single week, betting him at 22, 25 to 1. And fair enough, there is going to come a stage where he will win at a number like that if people keep betting it. But I, I can't keep uh, flogging a dead horse. And to me, <laughs> Justin Thomas is a dead horse. Side of the road, not for me. I'm moving on, getting on with yeah. life. Yeah, like it's definitely like it's a thing that you're saying where it's psychological, where you're looking at young golfers who haven't experienced losses and bad beats as much as the, let's say, we'll call them the golfers in their 30s and late 20s. And like J- JT at the start of his career, you see all them wins. And now that he's experienced a few different things, it's definitely had an effect on him because he's definitely not the same player as he was in terms of winning wise. Uh, even at the Masters last year, he knew how heavily fancied he was going into that. Uh, mm. Like, And he fluffed his lines in the first round. And then Rory-esque, he just, he had brilliant competition uh, the last three rounds and then you could say oh if he then he can go looking at this oh if I had a good first round I probably would have won but like you didn't um, yeah so yeah no uh, alright are we uh, you can make so a we're, lot yeah go we're blacklisting JT for like the next few weeks until he does something spectacular and we're not betting him no matter what yeah um, I'll make a comment about him when we talk about the yeah when we talk about the genesis. I'll make an argument for him actually later, just for the reason why you could. But yeah, it definitely not. He's definitely not at the start of a week bet. Mm. He's a chasing pack bet. Yeah, the only time I will consider him if, is if he's like twenty eight to one at the players or ter- twenty eight or thirty to one at the Masters or one of the majors. Yeah. That's that's the one. When I it's will too big, him. yeah, that's fair because he has one big events. So yeah. Mm. All right, here's my next question from the Waste Management Phoenix Open, 18 minutes through this podcast. Uh, this was the first elevated event on the PGA Tour. I'm not sure if you uh, knew that or what, but it meant that 23 of the top 24 players that were available to play played in this event. Two, I know the money's bigger, but apart from the money, did this make any difference to your viewing of the event? Yeah, well, like... Elevated events are a no-brainer if you think about it. Like there's like more cash, more better fields, better leaderboards at the ends, better quality of golf towards the end of the tournament when they're under pressure. You know, like was mm. it? Uh, was it in Europe? The European Tour. I don't. It probably wasn't actually in Europe, but last week on Sunday there was a load of them double bogeyed <laughs> and bogeyed the last hole like none of them wanted to win like oh, it was pathetic stuff I was sat there on the couch on a Sunday morning saying this is awful <laughs> fucking hell the winner Get doubled the last <laughs> five seven I start. I played from the last few holes and like none of them wanted to win it like just they should have just shared it between them um, but yeah like apart from I, I actually did I, I looked at the start of the year at the um at the at the elevated events because it obviously came through and um like it's a great idea and obviously it's a response to live. Um one thing I'd say I did look at the one of one of them that I wasn't impressed was the RBC Heritage is an elevated event. Like um, like I was just thinking to myself, like some say like DJ 
he left for live just so he'd get out of playing the RBC Heritage every year. Like it was just <laughs> awful stuff. And uh, like he, then, then when he when he arrived at live and they gave him the big check, he's like, "What is this check? Like, what is this for? Like, I don't want the money. Just get, just make sure the RBC fire me. I do not want to get play a week after the Get off my sleeve. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Awful stuff. Like um, that was. And then, like that—that that has you thinking. Then, like, what, what, uh, what other boys going to live and stuff to like see, that? We're going to have to watch Kevin Kisner win three point five million at the RBC Heritage yeah, with Webb Simpson yeah. coming in second. Oh, some of the, some of the, I actually looked up the leaderboards earlier. Some of the past winners and stuff like that, and it really is quite pathetic. Like, um, <laughs> like you have Wes, Wesley Bryan winning it, like. Pan Cheng Chung, Koda- Satoshi Kodara, like oh, it's awful stuff. Like Stuart Sink winning it, and second was Grillo and Harold Vanner the third. Like oh, awful, awful. McDowell you won know, it in twenty thirteen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the G Man. Yeah, God, yeah. that speaks. God, maybe RBC Heritage is like a, a foundation fund for Live Golf. They just try to take. Yeah, because I was seeing. <laughs> Harold Varner was second in it. Answer was second in it. Like, do they just go there and recruit, recruit, re- recruit depressed fellas who are after playing seventy-two holes at the RPC and say, "Listen, I can promise. I can't promise. I can promise you a lot of cash, but more so, you'll never have to play here ever again." You know? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. One hundred percent. No, you're you're on the right track. Uh, if live. Golf are looking for a new chief operations officer or brand officer. Brian McGuire is actually looking for work right now. So yeah, get in touch. yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh. slight, and then you have the RBC Canadian Open, which we won't even we won't talk about at all. That just... That's there for Roy to win. That's the only reason yeah, that's the yeah. elevated event. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, I'll give my two cents here. So at the elevated events. And the only reason I'm asking this question was because this was also brought up in No Laying Up and they were asking about um, they were kind of giving out saying that the elevated event didn't make any difference to the viewing or whatever. Mm. My my pushback and that is this only made this only made for bad viewing because Scott Sheffler ran away with it. He won by five shots over John Ram. Nick Taylor applied a little bit of pressure but Let's say Scotty Sheffield comes back comes back to the pack and he wins it minus fourteen in the playoff or minus fifteen. Then you have like jo- John Ram within one shot, Justin Thomas within two shots, Jason Day three shots, and then like Sung Jay, Tyrrell, Sam Burns, and Jordan Speed pile on. Like, and my point is that the only reason this didn't make for good viewing was because of the fact that Scotty just ran away with it, and Scotty did get yeah. literally too hotty for Jay Mon and um, and his plans, but. Yeah, no, it's yeah. Uh... Well, you 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 want to argue that the boys saying it's not a good idea. Look at the Masters last year. Like Scotty won that by three, bet Rory by three. He was well finished. Next was Larry Smith on five and Mark Harrow on four. Like he bet them by five or six shots. Like mm. you can say that with any like when when the best players in the world are on it. Like people, no one else can compete with them. He just happened to turn up this week. You could argue as well. Like so. Yeah. What are you gonna do about it? Um what would you rather have like five or six lads not there and him win by the same amount, you'd still be complaining. So I I, mm. I think there's nothing wrong with having it like Yeah, but like I tell you, like I tweeted out last week that I hadn't been 
like from Monday to Thursday, I hadn't been that excited for a golf event excited of the majors to play here and live Miami, which was yeah. a, a fair a fair representation of my feelings. But like it was just the excitement building all week, and you saw it on Twitter and people were talking about it all week who they were mm. like betting or plans or side stories or whatever. And it's just we don't get that for the PGA Tour event. So I don't think it was the best elevated event that they could have had, like in terms of the closing stretch, but. Honestly, I think it's just a way forward for the PGA Tour. Oh, definitely. Like, you want to see the best players playing as much as possible. And if you compact them onto the same field 17 times a year, like, that's as good mm. as you can get. Like, because you, you obviously don't want to do it for every week. It's don't want to make it like <laughs> that. But I think it's 17 really good events and you have four majors. Like, there's not a lot more you can ask for. I think, six, I think six. it's quite fair. Is 16, 16 really good events in your RBC heritage. You oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You forgot that <laughs> For the live guys. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, okay. While we're on the topic of the best players in the world, let's move on to... I asked b to create a list of his top five players in the world right now, in the world of golf. And I made mine as well. You can include live players. You can include whoever you want. Uh, give me your... All right, let's just go one by one, two by two, whatever. Number one, B match. I actually don't have already. any live players. I, I oh, forgot I? about the live lads. Actually, yeah. Okay, that's grand. So, um, yeah. So, I'll just say my number one is Rory. Uh, I'm probably biased to him, but I'm sticking with him. Yeah. Okay. My number one is um, John Ram. Okay. Who's your number two? Mm. My <laughs> number two is Sheffy. Oh. <laughs> All right. my number two is ram i can't believe you're leaving ram out number two but uh i know oh god we're gonna have to we're gonna have we'll to post over this, now but... in a minute we can have a good old fashioned uh, yeah yeah okay uh, right, then who's my your three, three is ram is your chef and mine's ram chef. then yeah so yeah yeah okay all right number four uh, um I think I, I think you have to pick Xander to be honest. If you're going on form the last six months, like it's he's clear, like so yeah, Xander. Okay, my four is Fino. And Fair, yeah. Who who's your five? Um, my five, like I'm I only have him fifth just on name. It's not on form and just on like who would lads fear? Like it was JT, like um, just okay. on. I know he still has a bit of hype about him. So, yeah, I still have him fifth. All right. My five was uh, Joe Sheridan. Um, I, t- I think oh, lads, yeah. absolutely... <laughs> <laughs> lads absolutely fear Joe Sheridan coming down the stretch. Listen, uh, if you haven't played with Big Joe in, uh, in Scramble, <laughs> you, you, you really haven't experienced life to the full. I, I'd encourage everyone to get on to him as a Scramble partner. He's a clutch putter. Uh, my five was Xander. Um, yeah. Nice uh, all right, hey, let me just point this out because the, the big debate all week has been Ram or McElroy, who's the best player in the world? And I think this week kind of answered the question for me was Rory's obviously biggest strength is his driver. So like in and Ram's biggest strength is probably his higher play, I'd say. But my fear with Rory is that when he's not hitting fairways and when the driver's not on he doesn't shoot the best numbers. Like in, in round one, he hit six out of 14 fairways. He shot plus two round four. He sh- hit eight out of 14 fairways shot one under compared to Ram who hit eight out of 14 fairways on Sunday and hit and shot minus three and compare 
just comparing like with like, both McElroy and Ram hit six out of 14 fairways in one round. Ram shot minus three and Roy shot plus two. And my takeaway is just like, when I was looking at Roy this week, it looks, it just looked like he was scrambling hard just to make, make things happen, get over the line. Compared to Ram, he can shape the ball. Like, he's not just a fader of the ball. He can do it both directions. And even yesterday that, I, I don't know the hole. It could have been around seven or six or seven when he drove it left and had to pitch out and he gets up and down from 90 yards. That to me is just why Ram is just a little bit more ahead of Rory. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> now you're looking at Scheffler. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm actually just trying to. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna go. I was just gonna go through the waste management leaderboard 2022. Like, is is this a spot for for Rory? Like he did say the place doesn't really fit his eye. No, this this is. I think this is McIlroy's first ever time playing this event. Exactly, like the mm. it's you say it's it's an elevated event. Like Rory wouldn't have came here; he's forced to come here. Like he's clearly not up to his up to scratch. I know he won in Dubai, but you know, uh, mm. I think uh, I I I wouldn't be worrying about Rory this week. I wouldn't say he was bothered playing. I'm surprised he made the cut. To be honest, uh, I'd say I'd actually have a bigger chance for him next week if he missed the cut. Um, but uh, no, I, yeah. I, I, I completely agree. Actually, it was the second time playing here. He finished T32 this week and he finished T13 back in 2021. So, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, absolutely, I absolutely get all that. Um, just the, the one thing that stuck out to me about Ram this week is how, like, even yesterday, he didn't play good golf. Like, he didn't play great golf and still shot three under while he yeah. was in the hunt. Like, a, mm, that's yeah. just, yeah, that's just my takeaway. Um, all right, give me, who's your number four or five, JT? Okay. JT, yeah. Listen, that was more of a than form. It was more of a it was a more of a name just to keep him in my top five. And also like you have to consider, I think, when you're talking about top five players in the world, I know you can have your, your data golf rankings and you can have your world rankings and stuff like that, but you have to consider who everyone else fears when they're when they're close to the top of the leaderboard and stuff like that. Mm. And uh like is it Fino or is it JT, that's why because you're arguing over winners and stuff. I know Fina won twice last year and stuff like that. But uh and also if we're gonna talk between Ram and Rory, like the pressure Rory is under versus Ram is chalk and cheese. Like everyone like everyone lifts their game for Rory. Ram's still not at the space where I know last year there was definitely people like Ram carried two years ago or whatever, he carried the Ryder Cup and stuff like that. Some of the putts he was making and stuff. And Rory didn't play well. Obviously, he was playing with Poulter. doesn't help. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just think, I, I do think that there is still a, quite a gap between them. Um, just in terms of everything Rory has to deal with, apart from the golf side of things as well. Like mm. uh, He's definitely, he's critiqued a lot harder. And uh, I have a question for you now in a minute. Well, we're on Ram, so I'm just going to ask you now because we both, we both have Xander in our top fives. Like, if Xander was as but I know he didn't win as much and stuff like that. Well, he did win. He won quite a lot last year as well. He probably won three times, did he? Um, if he was as bullish as Ram was in the media about world golf rankings, would, would people have been talking about him more? Would people have noticed his form more? There's a lot of people who are still sleeping on like how ridiculously good he was last year. Like, one hundred percent. All right, uh, good question. Like, 
I, I think people realize how good Xander is. You could say they realize it without talking about it, though. Yeah, you know I, I mean? I, no, I tell you what the thing is. The thing is, people realize how good Xander is, but Ram and Rory, and I suppose you could put Sheffer in that category now, are just so much better than like those three players are so much better than the rest of the golfers right now that everybody focuses oh, yeah. on them. And they, people they're like the elite three, yeah. Dirty elite three and people like Fino and Xander, they're putting like division two kind of. So people don't give them the yeah. respect or take yeah. as much notice of their rankings. Um, yeah. But like Xander, like, <laughs> like won twice in two weeks, won the Travelers, won the Genesis Scottish Open, T15 at the Open Championship. And like his last, like, what? Uh, seven yeah. starts, Same. T3, fourth, T9, fourth, T3, T13, T10. Like, that's unbelievable. Yeah. That's seven top 13s in a row. Since he since he missed the cut at the Masters, he has he's finished outside the top 20 once. Well, he withdrew once. I won't count that one. Uh, mm. Was the FedEx, and that didn't matter because he was already true. So if yeah. you think about it like that, like that's outside the top 20 like that. Like if anyone else, a lot of, if the, the other three boys were doing that, it would have been mentioned about in tweets a lot more. Um, like mm. you can, then you can also say he's got top threes, top fours and stuff and he hasn't won maybe as much, but it's very hard to win, obviously. Um, mm. it's, he's he's has had a good of a year that he could possibly have hoped for, definitely. Like, So, so are you putting... Fino doesn't make your top five. No, he doesn't. And I like Tony the Tiger. Like <laughs> you T, do T, like Tony, Tony the Tiger. T for Tony. God, you must be uh, you must be desperate to revolt women for tomorrow night, are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Tony's, yeah. Tony is an active tiger in the women's circles. I'm sure, like. Uh, but yeah, no, I, he's just not in my T five. He's just not. People, he doesn't have the fear factor about him. That's what I just yeah. think the other the other five have above him, and they're all they're all great golfers. They're all unbelievable golfers in the top ten and top twenty. But like Max Homa has a bigger fear factor than Tony Fino at the minute. Like you know, yeah, um, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Max um, Homa's like won something like four out of five times in the final round when he's been in the lead. Like oh, when he's a, he when he's there, he wins. Like it's, yeah, it's sensational. Like he's. I suppose it's the coolness about him, the aura he has that he he doesn't he's just so good in that position. Like he's, uh, yeah. I think it definitely his aura helps, and you know the way he's just such a funny, likable fella. Just mm. it just adds to it all. But I suppose at the same time, there's a lot of people in sports who are such funny and likable fellas that it actually takes away from how they compete. They're too nice to win, you know. Mm. Um, they're yeah, yeah, they're you know what I mean. He's that's, but he has rootlessness in him too. Yeah, that's not really like I heard somebody talking about this on Twitter last week. Like that was not really Scott Sheffer's issue. It was like he was asked last week, How do you feel about not being world number one? And he just passed off like oh, I don't really care. And yeah. Like, yeah, I, just, I don't know, but sorry, getting back to the point, Max Holman is like sort of like assassin right now. Like when he's in the lead, there's no stopping him. And he could be the people that he could be the person that everybody thinks like um I don't want to say Ram because Ram's actually good in the lead, but he could be the person everybody thinks Rory is nerdy with the fifty-four mm. hole lead, and he just goes and gets it done, gets it done. Yeah, if you had, I suppose, if you had, um, if you had like 
stats and it had a blank name you could you could it had no name but you had the stats and you had to say who is this golfer you could definitely mistake it for someone like rory if you weren't following it i suppose yeah and entering the yeah someone like a blank name and you put stats them entering the final round yeah. who's this player that yeah. goes on to win max homer is like exactly yeah honestly he could be like top yeah. three yeah uh, he's a clutch kid he's a clutch boy that guy you know <laughs> he's uh yeah, yeah he's got the swagger yeah all right, here let's um let's move across the pond to <laughs> the internet. All right, we had another tournament, the International Open of Oman. Uh, yes, which I didn't <laughs> follow, but I looked at your stats about it, and it was just grand. Like, but we'll we'll talk about it for a few minutes. Yeah, Takumi Kanaya, four, 24 years of age, won. Uh, this is on. Oh God, I think is this a Japanese tour or the Asian tour? One of those, but. Uh, right, bear with me while I find out. <laughs> and my big takeaway from this is fair play to Kumi Kanai got it done. But the live oh, players yeah. in this T5 for Joaquin Neiman, T11 for Mito Pereira, T13 Jason Kolkrak, then a missed cut for Louis Tazen and a missed cut for Brooks Kepka. Now, the one I'm yeah. most surprised about is Brooks Kepka, who's like, oh, yeah, he shot 74 78 to miss the cut by two shots two years after winning. The waste management Phoenix Open, and for a man who's his multiple majors in his back pocket, he used to be world number one, and now he's like <laughs> competing in sh- shitty little tournaments like this, and he's not yeah. even making the cut. Yeah. Unreal the downfall. It's like my bet. Yeah, it is a fall from grace, definitely. It just it just goes to show it's all in your head and stuff like that. Like when you're not competing regularly. Um, like he is such a winner as well. Like when he was on the cut line, I'd say he kind of did say to himself, "Like, oh, jeez, I don't really, couldn't really be arsed making the cut here, definitely." But at the, I'm pretty sure I heard at the start of the year him blabbering on about how his body had never been in better condition and like, uh, yeah. Do you do you remember last maybe year when he be, go back on the Mackie D's or something if if that's the case <laughs> there because you being in good shape and. I... Do you remember Liv Jeddah? When he won and uh, <laughs> he broke down in tears on the rain on the green, saying like, "Oh, this never meant so much. My body was in such a bad place." <laughs> I think I actually could have had you in the podcast around then because we were laughing about it at the time. Uh, like this is a man who said that oh, like, everything's such an act to him now. If you follow Gina or Jenna or whatever his wife's name is, they just look like they're living the high life. Don't give a shit about golf anymore, but it just has like whatever it is, a hundred or two hundred million in the in the bank. And he's happy just to play around with that. <laughs> play with that and yeah, play with Ragnarok. Yeah, it was I suppose it was similar to like uh you kind of cut out there. I kind of I heard what all you were saying and stuff. But it was it's similar to Neiman when he was like he won the Genesis and said, Oh, this is the most heartwarming mm. stage of my career when when he shook tiger's hand but then a few weeks later when he was with live and he won he was saying oh this is one of the best wins of my career i can't believe this and stuff like you know it's all <laughs> yeah it's mad it's like watching like oh god I, I it's well documented on this part but like the script that they are given by greg norman is unbelievable like you have stuff like neiman and kepka saying that they've never had a win like this when they won on the live tour <laughs> taylor gooch saying that the team event felt like a Ryder cup event even though he's never played a Ryder cup there's been so many other like ridiculous statements and like even two weeks ago i never actually put this up on my instagram but phil mickelson tweeted out that the saudi 
the Saudi Aramco International Series for ladies and the men's event were both going to get the same payouts. So he was like oh, raving geez, about yeah. the the gender uh, equality, equity and stuff like this. And then 10 minutes later, he deleted it because he got such a backlash of people saying, oh, you're really on about women's rights in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> the yeah. one country where you can't get... But like, my point is, like, everything is just so scripted and scripted badly. Really, really yeah. badly. Yeah. The- and if you were going to know, if you were going to say, um, is there any boys now that you think could could move on to live now? Is there any still sus fellas? Would you have you anyone on top of your head just from what you've been reading or just your own thoughts? I, I don't think anybody's moving. Like, yeah. Um, like, and I think go it's on. A hu- it's a huge problem for Liv right now because I've seen, I've heard other podcasts talk about this as well, but the last like six months, if we go back to before the first ever event last year in London, there was so much hype and talk every week. Oh, they're getting this player, they're getting that player. And they built up the suspense of the first event. And that was good to keep them in the dialogue. Whereas now over the last like three or four months, nobody's talking about them whatsoever. Yeah. 100%. And it, it just seems like they're lost. And they've, had, they've hit a brick wall and they're looking forward to this first event. And then they're selling packages for like ten thousand dollars or whatever it is to play with, the whatever the like the high flyers yeah, or whoever. Yeah. And then Bubba Watson comes out and creates his own team <laughs> with the the range goats. Uh, yeah, it's madness. Like, uh, I suppose like one like person you could look at. I was just thinking I haven't I haven't been listening to any podcasts on live. If I'm listening to a podcast and they start talking about live, I generally just skip it on ten or fifteen minutes because doesn't really interest me that much. Uh, but like if Cantley had done better at majors, like some of the big dogs who won moved, would he have gone? Uh, is it thing like the fact he's been so poor at majors? Uh, I feel like if he if he had ta- if he had won one or he had proven himself a bit more, he might have gone because mm. that was the chat was about Cantley. Um, so I'm gonna say this, like you know that type of that type of thing where um you've got the so called uh you've got the so called um lads <laughs> who uh dream about going to like women's sleepovers and stuff and you say that lads <laughs> uh lads act sus and stuff on purpose just to get going to women's sleepovers, you know, that type of way. Like, <laughs> like uh, this is, is you for tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, is Rory Mathery and the boys in the uh in the in the locker room, the PGA just saying, Oh, who's sus here? Like who is who is secretly uh, you know uh, like it, it makes you ambitions. question like any sleepover <laughs> yeah it makes you think any any sleepovers is there a reverse thing a fella train <laughs> pretending to be straight coming over to my sleepovers for a little look you know so uh, it's similar <laughs> with the live gang I'm sure Rory does be questioning what's going on in the showers but yeah <laughs> so uh, you think Patrick Antley's in that locker room playing happy family saying that he loves Jay Monaghan yeah, um, he's a sussy boy, I think. I think he is. Uh, <laughs> but he has no emotions, so how can you read him? You know, he's... he's you know, he, anyone but Cantley gang. He is the human version of, like, ChatGBT or something. Like, he, yeah, <laughs> he yeah, was designed by yeah. Elon Musk. He's the lad responsible for the balloons the balloons floating over America. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you have... Uh, if you ever go somewhere, you have an issue, and you get stuck on live chat, and they're just giving you these polite, generous, <laughs> nice replies... <laughs> It's all just Patrick Cantley speaking, and he trains them all in. They have a big training day once a year. It's like manual handling, and Patrick Cantley is talking to you for the for the for the day about how to speak with no emotion. 
Like you could be abusing these boys in the live chats, absolutely ripping them to shreds. They're saying, "Okay, sir, um, can you tell me more about your difficulty?" Thank you. Oh, Patrick's Patrick Cantley, sponsored by Goldman Sachs. <laughs> Part of that, yeah. Thing. He has to be. He a, is a sussy boy. A he is a sussy boy. Yeah. He has to be a I bot am. for four days yeah. a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh God, uh, we uh, we did a good laugh before this about Bubba Watson creating his own uh, live team, <laughs> known as the Rage Goats. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go check it out on Twitter. It's one of look up Bubba Watson Range Goats. It's one of the funniest things. And watch till the end. It's fifteen seconds. First ten seconds are boring. Watch it till the end. It's bloody brilliant. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, how how scripted is that? Like, Bob is obviously a quirky character and stuff, but it's awful to watch. It's a really <laughs> hard 15 seconds to watch. Like, and, uh, you know, uh, I guess it's Valentine's by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, as it's Valentine's Day, like you're bringing up love and stuff like that. And like, <laughs> I've had a few bad 15 seconds, you know, a few short 15 <laughs> seconds. A few long fifteen seconds, but uh, that is worse, I think, than any of my uh, than any of my sexual experiences. <laughs> you know, um, uh, yeah. Just keeping the oh, desperation God. day team with their pod. You know. Oh, I'm gonna but, have to keep. Uh, I'm gonna have to tag this on Spotify as X-rated. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're giving insights yeah. into your sexual. <laughs> oh yeah. God, I'm never going We've to move on so brief. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right okay v match all right let's talk about this we've talked about the rbc heritage <laughs> we've talked about the waste management phoenix open we've talked about patrick cantley <laughs> being a support bot let's talk about genesis invitational um where genesis invitational open where uh tiger woods the number of 1283 player in the world will take part in this event his first pga tour event outside of a major i think since like 2020 could be wrong there yeah. um all right so from the top 100 players in the world it's going to be every single one of them except well sorry every eligible pga tour member inside the top 100 of the world except aaron wise maverick mcneely chris kirk and ben griffin um just i'll briefly just spew here for a second please block your ears if you don't want to shy coming into them the cut line has been above par to Genesis Invitational every year over the last decade, and over 75% of approach shots come from beyond 150 yards. Uh, last four winners of this event, Joaquin Neiman won a 60-1 to 1 shot uh, with a scoreline of minus 19. Max Homa won a 60-1 to 1 with a scoreline of minus 12. Adam Scott won at minus 11 at 33-1, to 1, and JB Holmes won a 17 under at 150-1. to 1. I'm sorry for calling it minus 11 and minus 12. Um, the course is 7,322 yards, a pair of 71. I'm going blue in the face here from talking too much. B-Madge, are you excited for this event? I am, Goose. And like, I spent about half an hour reading up stuff like that. And sorry, I have it written down and you spat it all back <laughs> to me. But, um, you know, sure that's, that's what I'm dealing with here. Lack of, co- lack, of, lack of communication today on both parts. It's all right. We both went missing for, for long periods. But, uh, yeah. Just to add to that, yeah, um, show us the phone numbers you've written down for all the Tinder dates you're going to go on tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've um, what was I saying to you? Yeah, one thing I'll add to that is um, obviously like it's compared to waste management last week. Like it, last week, it was it was they want drama, they want 
crowd they want beer they everywhere it's just it's a deep it's it's a drive like it's just triple bogeys are and play with water and stuff like that whereas this isn't exactly like that it's it's hard and you have to kind of plot your way across along the golf course and stuff which is exactly a rory mcelroy i suppose something that he would enjoy i think uh he definitely in this part of his career he definitely he rathers these types of places even though he can bomb it around he does he definitely likes to think of himself as a as a thinker golfer as well i think but uh yeah it's it's completely different than last week and uh i think a lot of lads will relish the change um mm. and we'll get a good i know it'll frustrate a lot of lads but and there's another group who will really enjoy this type of test you know um yeah, yeah. i i think like the thing i the thing that really stood out to me earlier was when i was researching for this and i tweeted this out earlier that let me just spew here for a second again most strokes gained per round at riviera country club since 2018 Victor Hovind, Max Homa, Tony Fino, John Rams, Xander Schofle, Patrick Cantley, Colin Morikawa, Roy McIlroy, Justin Thomas. And that's what, like eight players, they're the best eight players at Riviera Country Club over the last five years. And the thing about them all is they're they're ball strikers. They are the top players in the world. They, they are like, and that's the thing that we're going to expect this week. Now granted that some of the previous winners have been like 40, 50, 60 to one. But year over year, the top players in the world do perform the best. Yeah, um, it's definitely a, a major correlation course, like the way it's played like that. It's not just driver on a wedge, which you have mm. some which you have some weeks. But uh, talking about Hovland there, you'd say that it's quite a course where you need to be good at scrambling and around the greens. But like if you want to take another cheeky kind of theory about it, obviously he's a great ball striker, but treble bow he's not really in play this week and that's what hovland will have one and then he'll have six or seven birdies in a row uh so like i think that kind of suits him that there's no trebles in play like he rarely has like four or five bogeys in a row which is definitely in play in this in this course but uh it's more so just that the trebles are out of play it, it, it suits him because he is a he is a treble bogey merchant like he's flying and next thing you see seven on the scorecard and you're like oh my god <laughs> worse fella but um yeah obviously homa and neiman were the most two recent winners and they weren't sure at all like they they it was homa 2021 and neiman the next year but they were they were definitely 50 to one plus like mm. just um, when you're there and you're mentioning um Victor Hovland, like his last two starts here have been a T four and a T five at Riviera Country Club. So he actually he, he's well suited to this. So for taking Treble Bogey, oh, yeah. out, triple Bogey out of, pay, out of play suits him. Yeah, yeah, suits him. Yeah. Ball like if course. I could go to courses where treble trebles were a play for me, like I'd be some <laughs> golfer. But uh, unfortunately, Hedford, you know, you won't lad, you'd end up making quads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if Hovland can find a quad somehow this week. If anyone can do it, it'll be him. Like, but uh, yeah. Uh, all right, B match. Um, I'm not sure if you had a chance to get around to this. We we're going. I was going to ask you to do two picks under fifty to one and three picks over fifty to one. Um, yeah, well, if you want to talk a bit more about the course first, like, like oh yeah, there's, away. there's boys, there's boys who want to talk about who will want to listen to it for their own kind of back, yeah. and I suppose purposes, like so, like yeah, there's, there's no bother. Uh, like obviously, I think it is like Neiman won it really well last year. Like, like it is a, it's definitely a course that's because there's so many bogeys in play. 
um like it's a it's a course where it's hard to lead from the front and stuff like that and it is hard to hold on to a lead and like i remember last year this is just kind of off memory like he uh like he had a few dodgy five and six footers and it is a hard hard putting competition like inside 10 feet the putts are harder than usual definitely to make just because the way the greens are and stuff like that but um like yeah. he he but then with like that and i think it's a classic tiger woods course in the sense that you always hear tiger talking about the masters and stuff like that if you just play play well and at the par threes and the par fives and at the courses he likes and then you make hay par threes and par fours and you make hay at the par fives you, you'll do well in this golf course um like homer when he won but i think he was 11 under he won a 12 under but he was 11 under on the par fives which is mm. that just sums it up and uh also, if you're looking at 2021, where he won, like uh, Sam Burns, I know he wasn't a winner back then, but he had a two-shot lead, and he actually did really well because he was. I watched it back, and he was actually against DJ in the final group. And I think turning, he was doing fine, and um, uh, he got blessed on the 12th. He he hit a bad bad drive, or whatever, and it was going OB and. Someone I was obviously on him because they kicked it back in or something. I don't know how he wasn't gone, but he still bogeyed it. And then he bogeyed the 14th and 15th. Like It's just like you can get on a run of bogeys in the back nine and then the pack just caught him. You know, they they yeah. were lurking. But um, at the same time, I suppose it's a golf course where you can be aggressive and stuff like that. Like uh, I heard it on, I think it was um, Andy Lack. He didn't say this exactly, but he did say that like the Kakoya grass, the fair is the fairway and the rough, and it's actually the rough doesn't be too bad. You can get a few bad lies like any anywhere else, but uh, it does be like two inches, which like a lot of us Irish guys, Valentine's Day will say two inches is plenty. <laughs> two inches is a lot. Like you've got you've got plenty to work with there. You can have no complaints, but. Um, <laughs> Over in the states, <laughs> two inches is two inches is laughable. Two inches <laughs> laughable. So um, yeah, <laughs> like if you, you ever... go into uh, if you go into the urinals in Crow Park versus Super Bowl, <laughs> like two inches in Croker, acceptable. Two inches in the Super Bowl, and you're going into the cubicles, <laughs> and you're not making conversation with anyone while you're taking your piss. You know. Uh, <laughs> That's, that's all I have to say on that. Like you know, would you ever go live in the USA? Uh, I think about it now, but I don't know if I could if I could handle that that part of life. That aspect of life would not suit me, you know. Um, in that department, I'm a short king, you know. Ah, <laughs> oh, <that's... laughs> oh god. Okay, We're so... just sticking to the Valentine's Day theme here. Desperation. <laughs> Uh, you're falling in love with the chorus. And <laughs> how yeah, do we, how yeah. do we even get on to this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, I'm talking sorry. missionary. I'm talking missionary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking when I'm on top and she's on the bottom. <laughs> oh, it's a Valentine's special episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, okay. From there, will we just go, like, the lads will be horny now. Will we go straight to the picks? <laughs> Probably should get it over and done. But... <laughs> All right, go on. Uh, aroused on B match. Go on, take it away with the first one. 
<laughs> yeah, so will we go like how many have you? Have you five as well or four? I'm yeah, sure. I think I have five. Yeah, so five will we go one ones. each and five really good yeah. ones. <laughs> do you do you want to give one and I'll see if we have the same fellas? Oh, all right. Do you want to uh, say one and yeah? I'm not sure if I have ever in my life bet this guy, and I absolutely okay. despise him. I've spoken about it already. But Patrick Cantley at twenty five to one. <laughs> yeah. Like Honestly, I, I've, I've never bet him. I will never, ever bet him at a major. I don't care how fit he is. I don't care if it's his own hallway that they're putting in. I will never yeah. bet him. But Patrick Handy is 25 to 1. Here's like one or two reasons why. he's uh, T16, T25, missed cut in his last three starts since to start the year. But before that, he went win, T7, T2. He's getting strokes off the T in six consecutive starts and I think what put the nail in the coffin for me was he's been the sixth best player here over the last five years. So he knows the course well. He's not playing as bad as his results might suggest. And he's not in the he's not in the conversation at all. And at twenty five to one, I thought it was a, a very fair number on him. Yeah, like one thing I'd say about um Cantley is his par five scoring. Like I don't know, I went into it a few weeks ago. I was just on I was just interested in reading it up and his par five scoring is actually I think it's the best on tour the last two years. You can correct me on that, but um, I think it was like 4.31 is his average score on par fives. And as you're saying, make pay, make hay on the par fives here um, is key. And sure, that's oh that's kind of a tip in itself. You're a genius, uh, Yoda. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. Um, is that, is that what it was? First, what did you think it was? His score is 4.31 or something like that. 4.41. That is uh, unbelievable, be mad. Yeah, yeah, you know. God, you're really getting the lads going here. (laughs) I'm on the zone. I'm in it. You know, when I'm in the zone, I'm on it. You know, I'm rarely. You're dirty talking here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And of course, if you like, this is a, you don't want to have too many emotions going this place. It'd be quite frustrating. And he is the most emotionless lad on tour. So. Uh, I will say that you're tipping up Sussy back at them this week. Mm. I'm calling him the Sus King because Rory <laughs> is questioning him in the dress room. <laughs> if they let him go from that chatbot uh, as a day job, I think he could get it done this week. Yeah, it's hard. Like he's a professional golfer. Like he has no need. He does not need a nine to five. But <laughs> obviously, he's, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna tweet out later that me getting onto a chatbot asking, "Is he gonna win this week?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll biasly say yeah, or no. It'll give the most unbiased opinion ever. No opinion. Uh, I right, yeah. give me one pick on fifty to one. Not go for him at all, actually. Um, even though I liked all the plays, but I don't like him, so that's kind of I'm <laughs> a heart. I have to stay with my heart. Like I thought, Matt Fitz. If you're talking about scrambling, is so key this week because the greens are so hard, and you have to place yourself in the right positions. Like I was a, I was the first fella to call Matt Fitz Matt shits. Like um, <laughs> I was, I did not like him at all. Like in Dermot can account for that, and he had a great win last year. And there was so many boys talking about him in the PGA and stuff like that. It was a perfect fit. I do think this week is a perfect fit. Another fella who's a great par five scorer that you wouldn't think. I think it's because he because he gets up and down. He gets so close. He can get close with his second shot. Like he doesn't have to make it. But because he's within 20 or 30 yards, he'll just get up and down from there. And that's how he's making the birdies on the par fives. That's how, obviously, that's how I would guess that he's 
he's doing so well with it because I know you can make eagles and boys love eagles, but if you're birdieing all the par fives, there's nothing I, nothing I hate more than seeing fives on the scorecard when I'm on it. <laughs> like, so put it up, uh, Matt Fitz. Um, yeah, and also, uh, did you see that thing about Matt Fitz? Listen, I don't know if this is true. I've seen it on TikTok or something. It's all right. You're, you're more than free to spread rumors here. Where he records, he's recorded like every single shot he's hit in the yeah. last certain amount of years. What a freak of nature, like. But if, uh, if, I, was this Peter Finch you saw this bite? Because I saw the exact same video hmm. and Peter Finch claimed that he like does all of his shots on the range and everything. Um, yeah, I had I, range practice. Yeah. I'm not sure about range, but like apparently since he's been in college or even before that, mm. every single shot he has ever taken at any golf course, he has documented in a database somewhere on his laptop. He writes it down after his round, goes home, puts it up on his computer. So he can tell you back in 2017 on the sixth hole at Riviera, I missed it two oh, yards yeah. to the right with a six iron. Like outrageous what he, like he's so dedicated to being world number one. And there was another story I heard um, last year when he walked in he walked into his new agent or something on the 1st of January walked in the door and they go what's your goals for the year and he goes become world number one that's all he said he is like was that so this driven year? yeah oh, oh sorry yeah, uh, the year before sorry not, not this year the year before yeah. when he won a major well like you could yeah he's won a major like uh, there's like and it's a major winner's golf course and just I was thinking about that and he's just such a you want to be someone who plots your way like you don't want you just want you don't want perfection on this course because you're not going to get because it's just a very hard course you want to be in the right position position over perfection is what homer said when he won it like and he's such a thinker that you'd imagine that that'll just suit him perfectly you know um and he's another man like he is a he's no. he's another man that definitely has only two inches as well so the rope will not will he'll be very comfortable in that rope Precision over perfection. Is that like your motto for tomorrow or something? Position. <laughs> position. <laughs> position. Yeah. Uh, would yeah. you take position over perfection every day? Yeah, I think I would. I think I would. <laughs> um, okay. God, you've really, really done your research here. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'll give you my second pick under 50 to 1. Uh, Go for it. Shoot I'm going shot. back to the well because he kind of he didn't let me down last week but he kind of did because I thought Sung Jae had a chance on Sunday and he oh, just didn't her, get yeah. it going but he was 11 under starting the day on Sunday I think he was what was that four shots off the lead maybe three and he's only 24 years of old 24 years of age it's the concern thing about Sung Jae is like number the good thing is he's 24 years old the bad thing is he's two wins on tour and he hasn't he didn't win in 2022 um, before that was the Honda and the Shriners and but the thing is, in the final round yesterday, he was 27th on approach, 8th in the round of green, which he's going to need again this week. Last year, he was 12th to strokes gain around green. And in his last five starts, he's had four top 20s, including 4th, 8th, 13th, 18th. So I think Sungjae, just at this course, around the green, drives it well, good long iron player. I like Sungjae's chances a lot this week. Yeah, yeah, I can I can agree with you, definitely. Um yeah yeah i agree with you because like i suppose he he's done quite well in majors i suppose as well with with those types of hard greens which is what i'm really 
emphasizing like masters like you have to be quite creative around the greens like mm. um i i've not then mentioned him about him he's he's not in my top five but he's definitely yeah uh, he's definitely a play he he's gonna he's gonna win soon I, i'd like to think i hope he does because he's quite I hope he does this week like, yeah yeah i uh, think he's quite likable b match give me your second one under 20 under 50 to one uh, my second one I have two here but I'm just going to go for the fact and he's not a bet at all at this time you you back him in play but I, I do think JT uh, Florida swing and all that uh, I think he could just out of nowhere on a Sunday go really hot and uh, and hurt you uh, I wouldn't he's too short now at the start of the week but like he could get 20s or something on Saturday and uh, you know I'd, I'd, I'd be interested in him there like um, mm. But apart from that, um, I think you're looking at driving accuracy doesn't really matter from what I've kind of thought about it. Um, like I'd have no bother if Speed just uh, Speed just took out his driver every single hole and just smashed <laughs> it about the place. Uh, if there's no trebles in play, like spank it around Spatey, whatever way you want. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I think his putting and creativity around the greens and stuff, even though we put awfully. Who's this? Sunday. Speed. Oh yeah. Um, he's he would be my pick from the start of the week to do my second one. Fitzy is my favourite, but uh he put it awfully on Sunday, so there's no way he can put that badly. Like it was just watery stuff, you know. It was it was hard to watch, leaving them all short and him trying to make it he was trying to make a title charge, you know. So uh <laughs> was, he's still, he's still just, shot one under. Yeah, but sure, it was playing fairly easy. Like, did anyone shoot over par in the top? Well, I'm I'm looking here at the people who, God, like from the last whatever twelve people or thirteen people who shot who were around strokes game putting with speed, only two of them shot under par. Yeah, and I think yeah, there's there's one thing that you have to look about with speed. Um, like obviously you can you can. I know you ever see look at the golf betting system, the the average score they have over on that course. Like, you can't really take him into consideration because he had such a bad two or three years. So he seemed to be finishing terrible in those three years. But if you look at his his last two years or his start, like he has a fourth and a ninth here in his early part of a career, and he was uh, the last two years he's been fifteenth and twenty sixth. So it's not the worst spot for him. Um, mm. so you never know. Like he he's a man who really wants to win soon. Especially in these type of events, just to show to himself that he's he's uh, he's ready for the majors and stuff, and it, it could be an okay spot for him because he has the creativity. He definitely has the eye for the course, which is key. So yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Let's go for. Let's fire off here. Uh, give me one or two bullet points on three picks over fifty to one. We'll go one each here. If you're ready for yeah. this, I'll start oh, off. I'm here. ready. Yeah. Born ready. <laughs> let's go. All right. My number one. I'm going for strokes gained skinniness it's keegan bradley 50 to 1 has lost something like 20 pounds or something he's been he's inside top 26 for all four rounds at the waste management phoenix open for putting except for one round and he finished tied for 20th his irons have been really good in the last two starts he's gained 2.8 in four strokes on approach he's 39th in driving distance and from 175 to 200 yards he's 71st in proximity that's why I'm picking wow. Keegan Bradley at 50. Keegan Bradley, iron's good. That's mad. <laughs> but he's turned irons the putter around a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. Obviously, like he was put, his belly was obviously taken <laughs> away from his putting in some way. But uh, <laughs> he he went hard on the diet pills. That fella, he uh, he was just taking laxatives. The only way he could lose that much weight. <laughs> he did a fill on it. 
good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh no, fair play to him. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe him as being in good nick. Now he, there's he a few lads in our football team that could do something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We won't name any names because uh, just in case this Valentine special goes global, so we don't want to be calling too many boys out. But yeah, uh, it's I did. I don't think he looks well to be honest. And John Ram, I've seen a quote about him the other day. I've seen an interview. He was saying, uh, "Oh, the difference between the all obviously all the T's are back now and stuff compared to 10, 20 years ago when we've got better, got better, got better clubs and better equipment." And he was like, "The main difference is there's more athletes now in golf and there's more gym and stuff." He's right. But John, you're not an athlete. <laughs> Come on. He's a powerful man, but he's not an athlete, like you know. Um, yeah. All right, D-Match, give me. <laughs> Give me your I'll first give you one. under 51. Yeah, I'll, I'll just give or you over. this one here. This I can give you a longer one and then I'll give you a short one. But uh, Wyndham Clark is one I'm going with. Yes, uh, okay, finally we match on one. He, yeah. Um, so he matches up. He was he didn't play last year. He was 8th in 2021. He was 17th in 2020 tied. And um, one thing that you're looking at, you you don't want a fella, he's playing well, obviously, ninth last week, I think maybe he was a bit out, but I thought he was around ninth. And uh, one thing you don't want in this course is a fella getting tick. And this fella, what his happy place is fishing on the rivers of Colorado. <laughs> Can you think of a more boring, tedious thing to be like, to like than fishing? Like this fella's going to have some temperament. He will not get tick on the greens. You know, I went fishing a few times and it's the biggest <laughs> shit show ever. Like, if you catch a fish, it's great crack taking a picture with and throwing it on Facebook. On the Facebook. Uh, Facebook You've been catching fi- a lot of fish in your Tinder profile, lad. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Facebook. The Facebook. Uh, you ever see you just have a fish and it's just you put on one of the Facebook things? The Facebook fish forums. It's like the. Uh, you ever see the one, uh, Rate My Roly? Where you. you <laughs> Yeah, you put up one of your rollies on it, and then boys just abuse you in the comments saying, "Oh, you're an ugly bastard." There's no, it's just a pure abuse forum, like. But uh, yeah, so that was my um, that was my main thing. He's playing well. He plays well here. He likes it here. He's a cool customer, um, and form is so important in golf. So so why not go for him at a huge price? I suppose I know it's a hard field, but he's still a big price. So no, I agree and. The thing I like about him as well is on Sunday at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, he was 11th on approach. Um, he's 11th to green over the whole week, 8th on approach, 4th around the green. So he's striking it well. Around the green game, he's good. Low suspicion. <laughs> he's a country bomber off the tee. And yeah. in his last five starts, he said three top 16s are better. So, yeah, let's go with big windy. windy. Um Okay. Yeah, yeah, nice to agree with you for once, Gooser. Um, do you want to give me your next fella or anything like that? I'll give you my last one because we've agreed on that one. Um, yeah. What odds? What odds is your? What odds is your next two? Um, or even one? Just give me one, actually. I'm just. Uh, he was two hundred and fifty to one. Oh fuck! All right, okay. God, you are really keeping the horn going. <laughs> you're you're yeah. two or three Viagras here. I <laughs> uh, you, uh, you, you you know who this fella is. There's only one Spanker Simpson, as all I'll call him. <laughs> you know who I'm on about. All right, okay. I'll give it to you. Give it to me in one second. I'll give you mine. Patrick Rogers, yeah. the Rodgerman, hundred and fifty to one. Finished tight for fourteenth in yeah. Phoenix. Um. 
after having a miscut at Farmers and a miscut at the AMX, he's 60-28 or better before the American Express in a row. In his last five starts here, he's got miscut 12-30-15-26. Decent balls hit, or course history considering he's 150-1 and he's gained 3.7 strokes ball striking in Phoenix along with two strokes two strokes gained putting. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Give me the Rodgerman all day. And Patrick Rogers, 151. He's getting it done this week. Yeah. So, um, and I suppose if you're, well, it's the definition of a podge to go with your Rod. Like he's uh, he's <laughs> a bit of a hopeless case, to be honest. But I have a soft spot for him. And some week he will go good. He will turn good. And uh, he actually, I know he doesn't like the, he doesn't like the greens and stuff around here. But, uh, I'm going with Sepp Straka again. The spank, <laughs> the, the, the spank Meister general. He spanks the ball, and like driving doesn't matter at all here, really. But if you look at, if you look at him, and I know like he hates the green, like he loves Bermuda greens. I wouldn't say he hates him. He's just an awful putter. But like, pretty sure Boba has won here and stuff. Like bad putters win here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not something that worries me, and he's the type of. He's the type of fella who can just pop up some week and uh, pop up like you see. You see in Taylor last week, like it's it's worth every so often having to play on these boys because there there there's no form to them popping up. Like it's just he just arrives and uh, he like what I like is like he likes it when the courses are tough, like in his like the Honda and stuff. Like I think he was ten under when he won it, uh, or maybe he wasn't, mm. but I thought he was. So like I thought I thought um. I thought he could at a huge price. He'd be one to look at, but I probably won't even back him myself, to be honest. But uh, yeah, <laughs> that was, you can't he was make the case and not back him. <laughs> I suppose yeah. I will have to back him then. I'll have my euro on him, but we'll see how he goes. He's like, distracted. Uh, he's a heartbreak. He's the heartbreak kid. He's working <laughs> Sean Michaels at this stage for me. But uh, yeah, but also he is a double bogey merchant and a triple <laughs> bogey merchant. He loses concentration. I've been saying this on the last time I did the rant, like. I, I remember this. Oh my god, the chap must have autism and everything because he just loses. <laughs> he'd, be, he'd, be, he'd be flying and then he loses concentration and three putts from five feet. And you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. Dirty <laughs> bastard. He's another, like, he could do with the diet pills that Keegan Bradley has, but I think he's got that big belly. It's got it equals big power. So I'm all aboard it. Hey, we might need him for the Royal Cup next year. Relax for a second. <laughs> yeah, the way it's going, but uh, um, hopefully not. Like, right, I here, let me just help. Me, let me help make your case. Putting inside ten feet, he's nineteenth on tour this season. Um, par five score, and he's ninety fourth. Not the best, but listen, he's three hundred to one on Betfair. Yeah, that's for luck. like what do you what what can someone complain about if they're back in a 300 to one shot they want him to be a certainty like you know but he's, he's 300 you know. to one like this is the crazy thing he's 300 to one on Betfair he's missed his last two cuts but before that T21 and T10 in his previous two finishes granted they were the century in the yeah. hero like yeah isn't it like the thing about um Strachan is before he finished second at the FedEx St. Jude he had six missed cuts in a row yeah <laughs> so, exactly like he can literally just get hot at any stage, and that um, was a hard, that was a decent yeah. feel, like you know. Um, so he yeah, a spot. Um, yeah, he's as short as one seventy five in Boyles, like or one fifty in Ladbrokes or anything like that. But um, sure, take the ten, 
Take the <laughs> take the three hundreds. Don't be annoying me. Oh, be my sister. Why you bring you on? They call this analysis. Wait, three hundreds and Paddy and ten places is like what more could you want? That's robbery. For a cut, like yeah, for a miss ro- cut, like <laughs> yeah. He'll either yeah. win or miss the cut. I'm t- saying it now. I wonder what Aussie is for a top forty, but uh, all right, okay, I can figure that out. All right, be my sister. We're an hour fifteen through this. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I'm gonna check now. Hopefully Everton are beating the pool. Um, I can tell you that they're not. It's half time. Uh, Liverpool are one 0 up. Oh, for fuck's sake! Right, <laughs> that's ruined my evening. Oh, no, um, don't worry, nothing will ruin your evening. You have a big day tomorrow. I've actually a big date with Dave McGuire now. Give him a shout out. Um, big yeah, fan of the big fan of the club's lie, of course. Yeah, we're going for we're going for pints to watch this game. But I think uh, my phone will be blowing up here because I haven't replied to him in about two hours. So. <laughs> I'd say I missed the boat, but uh, sure, look, I'll see o'clock. how far I can get with him. Yeah, All I'll, right, well, I'll then... feed him a few points and see how far I get. <laughs> and tell him about South Tracker this week. Tell him South Tracker is going to win this week. Um, oh, he knows. He knows. Yeah, the Bally Dancer Tracker. <laughs> yeah. All right, be match. Listen, I'll get you out of here. Get you going for your points. Have a good evening. Yeah. Thanks again for joining on. Yeah. Uh, I'll chat to you again next week. All right. You will. Bye-bye. Sir. See you tomorrow.